thank you for tuning in to another episode of Unleashed Faith. Welcome back if you are my faithful listener, and if you are new, I'm so glad you could join me this week. This podcast is intended for any woman who is willing to set aside and allow God to take full control over your life. Although I do have some guy listeners that do join me each week, and that is totally such a blessing to me as well. So continue to join me each week as I share moments of my life and how God is working on me. Allow me to become your mentor, your friend, and your sister in Christ as we live a radical life for Jesus together, learning tools and tips on how we can continue to mature in our faith daily. So if you're ready, grab a pen and your notepad and let's dig in. Hey everyone, welcome back to this week's episode. We are in week three of our Women of the Bible series, and I have loved digging into these women's stories. I've loved seeing the different perspective. Uh, The feedback from the story of Deborah was absolutely incredible. I now know I have a lot of warriors around me, a lot of women who hear God's voice and put into action what he tells them. And I love hearing that. I love hearing those testimonies. I love when you share things like that with me. And I want you to continue to do that because it gives me so much encouragement when I hear that the words that God gives me to speak to all of you, that you're taking it into the world and you're applying it to your life. And that's just a confirmation that I am doing exactly what he's called to do. He called me to do. And, um, it's just a great fulfilling. It's a brings me so much joy when I hear that you guys are clinging on to what I'm teaching and uh, you're applying it to your life. Like I said, I think that's great. But uh, real quick, before we get into the story today, obviously, we're going to be talking about Eve this week. Some obvious facts about her. I just want to put them out there. Obviously, we've heard her story before. Most of us, if you have been in church, you've heard it in children's ministry, things like that. Uh, But obviously she was created by God from the rib of Adam to be his partner. She was a mother of many, but the most popular children that you will hear from her is the story of Cain and Abel. Uh, She was also tempted by the enemy and gave into her own desires versus what God desired for her. And we're going to hear about that as we read her story today. Uh, But going into the story, I want you to definitely take notes today. I appreciate all of you who are my doodlers, who are my week after week note takers, because notes are so important in your walk with Christ. It is so important to magnify your relationship with him, because whenever you're studying and whenever you're listening to teachings, sometimes you, you get it and it sticks, but then there's oftentimes that things they they're like a trigger and you're like okay I want to write this is good I need to write this down but you quite don't understand it in that moment but whenever you get to go back and you get to hear it again or you get to reread it again then it might be like aha like I get it and I see how this could pertain to me or how I can use this and I love those I love taking notes I have so many journals that I have over the last couple of years of just taking notes from uh, our pastor, our youth pastor, sermons that I watch on YouTube, my podcasters that I listen to. And I have a different journal for all of them, but it's so important for me to be able to go back because sometimes when I'm doing my personal study or when I'm doing my study for whatever ministry I'm talking in at, um, I can be like, oh man, I remember reading that. I remember writing that down. And a lot of times I take my notes and I plug them into what I'm talking about because it's something that obviously meant something to me in that time. And then I'm able to use it and just be able to pay it forward. And I love how 
God works like that. But with Eve's story, I'm going to focus more on the uh, perspective of temptation and that we must use our discernment whenever we feel uneasy about certain things and in the midst of temptation, our sin, we must go directly towards nobody but God. And a lot of times when we're caught up in sin, sometimes we run to the bottle. Sometimes we run to women or men. We run to other someone else other than to the one who forgives us and still loves us unconditionally, and that's God. We have to go towards him. And so getting into Eve's story, I want to just kind of back up just a little bit, and I want to read Genesis 1.27, and it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So in this verse is declared that on the sixth day of creation, God has made male and female. He created them equal from the very beginning. And the story of Adam and Eve, we're going to learn huge lessons here. We're going to learn lessons that when you commit sin, there's always consequences. And that sin is sin. There is no greater sin above the other sin. It's equal just like the man and woman was created equally. Neither was praised more than the other. And so this will really begin our reading and getting into Eve's story and kind of setting the mood. And as we're reading, I want you to be able to visualize uh, scripture here and just kind of if you're not driving, hopefully, or you're running on a treadmill or whatever, maybe you can stop for a few minutes. And just kind of visualize this uh, and just we're going to be in Genesis 2 and we're going to start in verse 8. So let me get my Bible and I'm reading out of the NIV here. So it says, now the Lord God had planted the garden in the east, in Eden, and there he put the man he had formed. Obviously, that would be Adam. The Lord God called all mankind, oh, I'm sorry, all kinds of trees grown out of the ground. Trees were pleasing to the eye and good for food. In the middle of the garden were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So I'm visualizing the tree of life is so beautiful it is so green and it's just luscious and i'm trying to picture the the tree of knowledge of good and evil i'm picturing one side being green and beautiful and the other side i'm picturing maybe brown kind of droopy not so much it's kind of scary looking that's what i'm i'm trying to picture in my mind moving down to verse 15 it says the lord god took the man and put him in the garden of eden to work it and take care of it and the lord god commanded the man you are free to eat from any of the tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. When you eat from it, you will certainly die. So here is the first warning not to eat from this tree. And he tells Adam directly not to eat from this tree. Verse 18 says, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. So we know the story. God places, no uh, I almost said Noah, oh Lord, and places uh, Adam into a deep sleep. And while he's in a deep sleep, he cuts open his side and he takes a rib. And from that, he forms Eve. And so that will take us into the first of knowing her and her being created. And then here we go. We The big story arises, and this is where it gets juicy, and this is where sin is brought into the world by a single human being in a single moment. Uh, verse, we're going to be, I'm sorry, Genesis 3, and we're going to be in verse 1, 
It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any true tree in the garden? Okay. So if you have ever watched the original cartoon Robin Hood and the snake is on there and he's trying to talk to Robin, I immediately thought of that in this moment. The snake is slithering around and he's... His tongue is like going crazy and he is just scary looking. But here we see what what Eve does. And we're going to read it in verse 2. It says, The woman said to the serpent, We must eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say, You must not eat from the fruit from the trees that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it or you will die. Here goes the serpent. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So here's temptation at its finest. The enemy is immediately already telling Eve things in such a manner that she's falling into his trap. John 10, 10, you've heard me say it before. It is Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that is exactly what he's doing in this moment. And that's exactly what he does when he places temptation in our paths. That is his plan to steal, kill, and destroy our emotions, our finances, our relationships, all of the above. Our relationship with Christ, all of those things he tries to take away from us. And another example of the enemy speaking to you right now could possibly be God asking you to do something and you're allowing the enemy to just kind of creep into your mind and taint your mind with thoughts that are not of God. Maybe the enemy is telling you, was that really God? What if I fail? Am I not good enough? All those things that Satan likes to tell us, we're unqualified. You didn't grow up in church. You can't preach the gospel. You don't know. It Fool, get on, get on. That is not true. That is so far from the truth. But Satan tries to tempt us for so many reasons. And the biggest one being to turn our lives away from Christ. Temptation is all around us. It is up to us if we choose to indulge in it or do we turn around and walk away. And whenever we choose to indulge in it, obviously what happens? It turns into sin. My Bible study has notes here at the bottom, and I just wanted to read something that I, I highlighted, and it says, We have not sinned until until we give in to the temptation. Then to resi- resist temptation, we must, one, pray for strength to resist, two, run sometimes, like literally, and three, say no when confronted with what we know is wrong. That's huge. That's huge. Those three things we have to do. And I love that the first one is pray to resist, pray for strength to resist. Obviously, you run to the Father, ask Him to give you guidance, ask Him to give you wisdom, ask Him to give you discernment. He will give you all of those things. So continue reading real quick. I want to get into uh, verses six. We're going to be, it says, Genesis 3 6 says, When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, She took some and ate it. Boy, oh boy. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. So not only did she sin, she had her husband sin with her. 
And verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. So here you can see in verse 7 that they both immediately felt guilt and shame. Yeah, yeah, I would too. God told you not to do something, and you did it anyway. Continuing on to verse 8, it says, the man and Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? The man said, the woman, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. Oh boy. So, and just like that, in a few short verses, by one action by Eve, sin was brought into the earth. And then she brought her husband into the sin. Crazy to think what happened because of that one temptation. Verses 14 through 19, you can see, if you continue to read in Genesis 3, that uh, the curse that was put upon Satan and the pain brought upon Eve and because of Adam, he was just as guilty, he got punished too. So all of us have been tempted, we've fallen short, you know, we've fallen into sin. Some of us, we've gotten stuck in sin for a long time until God's light has blinded us out of the darkness. But... With committing sin comes all kinds of emotions. The same in which Eve felt here. She felt guilt. She felt ashamed. Maybe, you know, she felt betrayed. And I feel like sometimes when we commit sin, we have felt all of those emotions too. But the Bible is our instruction manual to life. It's God's commandments he has put in place for a reason. When we fall into temptation and sometimes we break those commandments, we have to realize that, we can still turn to, to God. We can still ask for forgiveness and his mercy covers us. But again, like I've said before, that does not give us a free get out of jail free card and we can sin, sin, sin and just know that he is going to love us no matter what and this and that. It's not right. That's not. This is not a negotiation. This is not a gambling game with Jesus. We don't do that. And I want to just quickly uh, touch base back over uh, read verses 12 through 13 again. And this is Genesis 3. Genesis 3, 12, and it says, The man said, The woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate it. So here, we see the tempting of, we see them, I'm sorry. So here we see the tempting of excusable sin, meaning that Adam blamed Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. And I don't know why she didn't just own up to it because God being daddy, already knowing the answer to the question he was asking. Because I know as a parent that when I ask my daughter something, it's only because I already know the answer. I don't know if you mom and dads out there feel the same way or what, if it's just me. You know, she just hadn't, it just doesn't click to them that we're asking because we already know. And I believe that is how God was here for a minute. You know, like he already knew what happened, duh, because he is God. Uh, but he wanted a, Eve to own up to it. But instead, she just threw the blame on the other. And then it was just like a ripple effect. 
But when we are stuck in a situation and you're trying to work through it and you're trying to figure out if this is what God intended or is this the enemy playing tricks on us, you know, first thing we should definitely do is in any situation is turn to God no matter what. Get into prayer and communication with him specifically on what is going on and ask him for direction, ask him for clear discernment. And discernment meaning, uh, I wanted to look it up so I can give you guys the the meaning it means the ability to judge well and the sound judgment of perceiving the difference between right and wrong, almost like good and evil here. And I cannot count how many times I have went into prayer and asked for guidance for something and then God be so abundantly clear. And then I was dumb and still did my own thing. And I was tempted more times than one. And at the beginning of my recovery from alcohol it was not easy. And at that time, I was still surrounded by people who lived that lifestyle. Many times I'd fall back and I would say, okay, no, I'm not going to do it again. But I would, I would I would fall into that temptation and I would have a couple drinks. But then immediately I would have that Holy Spirit conviction. And I'm a crier and I immediately would start crying, hyperventilating, have an anxiety attack. And all of these things were kind of like, I felt like it was a spirit kind of detoxing it from my body, like trying to get my attention. And until you get to a specific part in your walk with Christ where you are mature enough to obey 100% and understand when God is trying to get your attention, then sometimes it doesn't really click on you. But finally, the spirit got a hold of me. And each time I would say, okay, I won't do it again. But then another event would come up and... I would have the enemy being posed as someone I trusted and doing the, oh, it's just one, you'll be fine. Well, that one, that last time made me so sick. And I knew in that moment, I had to give it all up. The conviction I had was so heavy on my heart that I just surrendered it all. And I have not had a drink since then. And it has been absolutely amazing. And I have... And in that moment, I surrendered and I let go of that lifestyle. And since then, I have grown so much in Christ and my relationship with him that I don't even have the desire for alcohol in my body anymore. Thank you, Jesus. And But I couldn't have done that without turning to God in the temptation. I couldn't do that without him healing my body from the inside out. And you have to think too, like, Jesus was tempted so many times on his when he was here on earth, but he never once fell into sin. So that's a lifestyle that I want to strive each and every day now to be like. And I encourage you out there to do the same. We need to be our best image of Christ so that when other people see us, they see Jesus. So if I did it, if he did it, I know we can do it together and we can always be better. And I say that because... There's always room for growth. There's always room for improvement. But sometimes when we get caught into the temptation and the sin, it's almost like it always leads, obviously, into disobedience from God. Eve disobeyed what seemed, for me, like reading it was like the simplest commandment. Eat from any tree, but not of the tree in the middle of the garden. Hello? He could not be more specific. But in reality, when we take a step back, That is what temptation looks like. 
it's super simple. It's super, it's tempting. It gets us curious when someone says we can't have it or we can't do something. It makes us want it even more. That's unfortunately just the the fleshiness of us, but we have to overpower that with our spiritual side. But that is where you get that solid relationship with, with Christ. And you ask him to give you that discernment, give you that obedience to him, that faithfulness to him, restore your heart, restore the things around you, people around you, get you out of environments that are tempted temptations for you. And once he does that, and once you allow him to fully take control it will be so much easier for you to resist the enemy and resist temptation. So before I close off this episode, I did want to obviously, I like to give homework. I like to give extra stuff for you to do. Uh, I want to leave you with a couple um, verses on temptation, but then I also want to leave you with a journal prompt. So the it's just four scriptures that I'm going to give you, and it's Luke 11.4. The second one is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. The next one is James 1, 13 through 14. And the last one is Hebrews 4, 15. Read that. Read them. Write it out. Journal out what that means to you, if it pertains to you, how you can apply it to your life. And then the journal prompt I want to give you is, what are you being tempted by the enemy with today? Write out a prayer to God and release it over to him. Ask him to give you discernment over the situation. I hope that this was a different perspective of Eve's story. For uh, those of you listening, I hope maybe something I said today kind of triggered something that you're ready to get everything aligned and get that amazing discernment through Christ so that you're not able to fall into temptation, which then leads to sin. Um, If you have questions, if you need prayer, if you need anything, please reach out to me. You can email me. You can uh, reach me on any of my social media platforms. The website is www.unleashedfaith.com. The store is now up. You can purchase uh, merchandise. I am super excited that uh, the ebook will be launching soon. So be stay tuned for that. Super stoked about that. But as always, be blessed and stay focused.